I'm Paul Irwin and welcome to the Pros.com podcast, where we discuss everything translation and interpreting related, including how to get new clients, areas of specialization, technical skills, software localization, machine translation, diversification, and more. Pros.com, helping freelance translators and interpreters succeed. Hey there, Paul here, and welcome to episode 62 of the pros.com podcast. Don't forget to check out training.pros.com. We really have got some amazing courses and workshops uh, available there. Lots of fantastic things coming up in the months ahead. So just take a second and head on over to training.pros.com. Today I'm going to be talking about mistakes that I made while working in translation. I think it's, it's, it's nice to talk about successes and and things that one has done right and I, and I think there's definitely a place for that in fact I think it's, I think it's important I think uh, celebrate your wins is a is a phrase that I've seen out there and I, th- I think uh, I think that is helpful I think sometimes we need to take a moment to reflect on on what we've achieved and and celebrate it and share it and and write a post and give yourself a pat on the back and and all the rest of it. I think that's a, a good practice. But I also think it's worthwhile analysing things that have gone wrong. And in my case, I think um, I made quite a lot of mistakes while working in translation. And, and I want to share them with you because I think if if you're able to avoid some of these mistakes, then I think it could save you an enormous amount of time and, and effort. And and I think, especially for someone who's who's starting out or fairly early on in their career, I think just just not making the wrong turn or not make or not wasting too much time on a certain area that's not going to be worthwhile could be very helpful. So that's the that's the idea of today. So let's uh, let's get cracking with uh, with these mistakes that that I made while working in translation. Number one is that I offered too many services at the beginning of my career. So it wasn't it wasn't just translation, it was tutoring, it was interpreting, it was editing. I think uh, even helping people with their visas and even speech writing <laughs> was on there as well. There were just too many, too many services. And I, I remember an early version of my my website just had just everything on it. And I think looking back now, someone visiting that site would just have found it confusing and and a little bit all over the place. So, so when I realized that that wasn't working, wasn't sending the right message, I did, uh, I reduced it down to, to three different services, which were translation interpreting and, and voiceover. And those were the services that I, that I worked with for a long time. So I think there's a place for diversification, definitely. But when you do diversify, I think it's important that you appear to be and you strive to be an expert in each of those areas. So I was happy once I had reduced the the number of services. And I, I think at the beginning, it just wasn't the right message. Number two is that I operated in the wrong market. And... <laughs> And I think this is really, really, really important. So whichever country you're in and whichever language pair you are working in or language pairs, I think it's 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 kind of really obvious to me now, but but it wasn't at the time when I started out, and this was 15, 15 years ago. Um, it wasn't obvious that you could work 
in any market, that you could market your services in the US, that you could market your services in Europe, that you could um, market your services anywhere, really. And I think I spent too long focusing on the market in Latin America and not realizing, or, or realizing but really not taking action, that I could work in the US and in the UK and in Europe without actually being there. Now, of course, the, the situation online 15 years ago was was different to, 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 to what it is now. But nevertheless, there were a lot of opportunities, a lot of international opportunities. And I think I was a little bit um, a little bit blinkered in terms of looking too much at the local market. So for some people, I think the local market is the right answer. For other people, I, I've since spoken to translators who live in a certain location and don't have any clients in that location at all. All of their all of their business is is from 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 elsewhere, from other countries. So I think, and it, and it and for me, it was just something that happened by chance, and I didn't think about it enough. And that's the mistake. I think it's important that you actually think about it. You you say, well, okay, well, where do I want to have my clients from? Where 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 are the best clients for me? Where are the clients that pay the most? Where are the clients that that offer the best type of work that that I'm interested in? So so I think that's that's really really important and of course there are currency differences as well that can make a make a huge difference so so don't just leave it to chance actually plan where you want to get your clients from and, and operate in the right market number three I simply charged too little on occasion and I just didn't charge clients enough and I should have charged clients more and I didn't have a minimum fee for some time, which is something that I would now, if I, with the benefit of hindsight, I would now implement right from the beginning. I think it's perfectly justifiable to have a minimum fee because there are certain tasks that you have to carry out, whatever the length of the text, such as invoicing and and checking and, and everything else. So I think it, it makes sense to have that minimum fee. And I think I would just I just got too tuned in to the price per word and and into competing with everyone else that I, I think I just charged generally charged too little. Number four, I failed to charge for extras such as formatting. I, I always kind of felt like I was doing the client a favor or helping them out or including something for free. And now I question why why I did that. So so why why would I format a document that was quite a lot of work as well as translating it and, and not charge the client for that? Was I, was I nervous about charging for it? Was I embarrassed about charging for it? Did I think that I would lose the business if I charged for it? I think probably a combination of some of those things. But now I think absolutely it should be charged for and, and there should be no um, embarrassment about saying, hey, this is this is the price. And if the client asks for a breakdown, then providing that breakdown and explaining, well, there's the formatting work or, or would you like it uh, in a simple unformatted version? I'd be happy to do that. So I failed to charge for those extras. Number five, I did not attend enough international events. I went to the, the, ATA, the ATA conference a couple of times. That was very good. I presented at the ATA conference a number of years ago 
I met some just amazing people at that event. I learned a lot. And I think I would have benefited much more had I gone to such international events earlier on in my career. I was just, I just feel now I was in a little bit of a bubble. I was in my own little world and I didn't, uh, I didn't mix enough with people internationally and find out what was going on in the industry as a whole. I think if I had done that earlier, even though it represented a cost, a cost that was significant early, early on in my career, I think it would have been well, well worth it. So um, if I, if I was starting out now, I certainly would make more of an effort to get to more international events. Number six, I did not learn enough about the industry early on. So that's that's similar to or, or part of going to international events. But I did not, I just didn't learn enough. I didn't find a mentor. I didn't find someone who was doing what I wanted to do and find out how it could be done. And I think that kind of investigation just really saves you enormous amounts of time. It doesn't need to be necessarily a paid mentor. We have a mentorship program at pros.com. But just in general, finding a mentor, finding out more about the industry, the the pros.com Facebook group as well that that Andrew Morris runs, that's just a fantastic source of, of information. And and I don't, I don't think there were things like that av- available so much, of course, 50, 15 years ago. But there were things out there and there were people who were successfully running translation companies and, and so on. And, and, I, and I think I, I would have benefited by finding out more about what was going on in the industry. I just didn't make enough effort and I was living in that bubble. And I feel that people are generally very generous when you reach out to them, especially within this industry, translators and interpreters, very, very helpful. And I think I, I just didn't do that. And I think that um, had an impact on my business. Number seven, I didn't use enough tech. I didn't get into cat tools and project management systems early on. And I think that that hindered my my progress. I think the more tech you can use, generally the better. But I think also it needs to be implemented at the right time. I don't think it makes sense having this incredible uh, tech setup or tech stack, as it's called these days, I think, um, if you don't actually have enough business. So so there's a, there's a balance to be found there, definitely. But I think I went too much down the route of, of not employing enough technology, even though I'm a, a big fan of of everything online and everything tech. And, and I did create a, a website and I did have lots of great content and, and things like that, but I, I didn't use enough tech. Number eight, similar to the pricing situations that I've mentioned earlier, I gave too many discounts. I just felt that it was part of the culture and it was necessary in order to get the business. And I think I would have done better by standing my ground and not offering so much in the way of discounts or just a very minimal discount. Number nine, I was too flexible on conditions such as dates. So when a client would pressure me into delivering a translation very, very often, very, very quickly. And of course, you realize that that the client doesn't really understand the process. So they would expect 10,000 words by tomorrow. Then I, I just, you know, when it was physically possible, I actually went along with what the client asked for and, and really pressured myself and my team into into delivering in in very short periods of time and then as the years went on I, I realized that they were 
they weren't real deadlines to some degree in the sense that often the client would come back a week later with uh, with one one or two changes and then you're left thinking well it, it can't have been that urgent in the first place and surely we could have had at least a couple of more days so I think that's something that I would I would definitely stick to much more if I were if I were doing this now so it takes this amount of time um, and we we can't deliver it before that date or we can deliver it to to answer positively on such and such a date um, but not not to be not to be I wouldn't be overly flexible on the conditions to the point to the detriment of of actually my working conditions now so that's uh, that's number nine and number ten I did not specialize enough I think definitely at the beginning of my career the idea was absolutely to take on <laughs> every project possible and I did and I learned a lot because I took on lots and lots of different projects, not just in translation, but in, in tutoring, in voiceover, in, in editing, all kinds of, all kinds of different, different projects. And I think I would have been better off developing us an area of specialization early on and really looking for those clients, those specialized clients in, in, in a particular area and, and, and getting better in that area over time looking for higher paid clients as well within that area of specialization so so i definitely would have done that looking back it's an interesting one specialization versus diversification i'm i i believe in both which might sound like a bit of a contradiction but actually i, I think there is a place for diversification between different services in order to get that diversification of income streams so you might be a translator and uh, voice actor I think there's a lot of a lot of sense in that but within the area then I think often it is important to to specialize and not to be a generalist in everything um, but just to confuse things even further I've since spoken to people who have been very successful general translators and have never specialized in anything so there, there are many ways of achieving success but for me looking back I think I would have specialized in a particular area and really sought out those clients. Part of that, of course, was related to what I mentioned in number two, mistake number two, is that I wasn't, I didn't have that international perspective. And therefore, if I was focused on the local market, I simply wasn't going to get enough clients in a particular area of specialization. Whereas if I looked globally, then the story would have been very different, I'm sure. So... So that's my 10 mistakes I made while working in translation. One, I offered too many services. Two, I operated in the wrong market or I didn't operate internationally enough. Number three, I charged too little and didn't charge a minimum fee at the beginning. Number four, I failed to charge for extras such as formatting. Number five, I did not attend enough international events. Number six, I didn't learn enough about the industry early on and I didn't find a mentor. Number seven, didn't use enough tech such as cat tools and project management systems. Number eight, I gave too many discounts. Number nine, I was too flexible on conditions such as dates. And number 10, I did not specialize enough. So hopefully you can find something in there that, that you might think about. And, and if I 
if I can help you to avoid making one of those mistakes, then I think I've uh, achieved achieved my objective. Fortunately as well, I did some things right while working in translation. So you don't need to do everything perfectly in order to succeed. I think I would say that talking about those, celebrating those wins that I mentioned at the beginning, I think I did have a lot of success while working in translation. I had lots of great clients. I had lots of ongoing clients. And I think overall, um, overall, I would definitely classify it as a success. So you don't need to do everything absolutely perfectly either. But imagine the difference. Imagine if if I hadn't made those mistakes, what uh, what the position would have been then. I'm, I'm sure it would have been significantly better. And they're, they're mistakes that are easy to to, to rectify as well. I just feel that a lot of people have the attitude, as I did, a lot of people just try and figure things out and you just try and figure things out on your own. And I don't think that's the right approach when there's lots of information out there. There's almost certainly someone out there who's done exactly what you're trying to do, unless you're in this really innovative area and you're really doing something that is is groundbreaking and, and different but if you're if you're looking to become a successful translator with an area of specialization of course there's lots of people who have done that if you're looking to be a translator who works in one country with clients from another country many translators have done that someone who's created a successful LSP started outsourcing many translators who have done that so I think there are people out there Um, who can act as role models. And there's so much information available on the internet as well to to support that. So I hope you found that helpful. And of course, talking about training, don't forget to check out training.pros.com. If you have any stories about your journey, don't hesitate to get in touch either. You can contact me via training at pros.com. So just drop me an email to training at pros.com. Thanks very much for tuning in. All the very best and I'll be back soon. Bye-bye.